Hello and welcome to the New Zealand's Initiatives podcast. My name is Ben Craven and today we're joined by our senior economist, Matt Burgess. Hi Matt. Morning Ben. Matt, last week we heard that inflation is at a three-decade high of 5.9%. People are starting to see that in their grocery bills and in the price of other goods and services. Prices are going up. What do you make of the announcement and the Reserve Bank's response? So last Thursday we learned that inflation is at uh, a 30-year high, 5.9%, driven by petrol and housing mainly. Uh, so a pretty shocking result and it had an immediate impact on markets. The New Zealand dollar fell more than a cent against the greenback. The share market was down 1.6%. So I think it was surprisingly bad news and actually uh, quite serious bad news. I don't know about you, but when you when you go out to buy things, it, it really does seem uh, noticeably more expensive, just everyday cost of goods, um, goods and services. What I thought was interesting, uh, apart from the announcement itself, was the response by the Reserve Bank, uh, or what they were saying on the same day. On the, on the day of the announcement of this 30-year historic inflation result, uh, the agency responsible for price stability was once again talking about climate change. Uh, the governor put out a press release announcing the appointment of an assistant governor. Uh, Karen Silk, uh, who's had a very impressive banking career, but has no relevant skills for central banking, uh, and the governor was talking up the fact that she is steeped in climate change. Now, the Reserve Bank has no responsibility for climate change. It is responsible for price stability, and it was just striking that on today of all days, last Thursday, uh, the Reserve Bank chose to um, start once again talking about climate change. I mean, it really is a fixation of the governor. He's been at the bank for four years nearly. The Reserve Bank mentioned climate change uh, only once, I think, 10 years ago, until Adrian Orr arrived. Last year's annual report from the Reserve Bank referred to climate change three times more than inflation. The Reserve Bank has no mandate for climate change, and yet here we are, uh, with the worst inflation of 30 years, uh, the governor seems distracted. You say in your recent New Zealand Herald article that inflation looks here to stay. Is part of the reason because the Reserve Bank's taken, taken their eye off the ball? Well, look, let's be clear why we have 5.9% inflation. It's because we've got supply constraints interacting with rampant demand. So you can really put it down to three things about how we've got here. One is COVID, right? You've got supply chain uh, effects of COVID. Those are transitory as governments around the world uh, and hopefully here uh, start transitioning away from their response to COVID. Those supply chain issues are going to go away. They're transitory. That's, I think, the general view. The second issue, of course, is that the government has spent more than $60 billion uh, fighting uh, or responding to COVID to pump up the economy. Didn't spend that money on enough MIQ spaces or timely purchases of vaccines or testing. God knows what they spent it on, but um, not enough of those things. Uh, but I digress. The third issue, though, is squarely in the court of the Reserve Bank. When COVID's serious impacts started to become clear in March of 2020, the Reserve Bank responded, I think, in a way that was quite reasonable, which is it cut interest rates and it began quantitative easing. In other words, it started printing money uh, under its large-scale asset program. And that program started smaller and became bigger over time. I think uh, they ended up purchasing $54 billion uh, worth of government bonds, and that put tens of billions of dollars into the economy. And that was boosting the economy. So the program ran between March of 2020 and July of 2021, about 16 months. And you can make the case that although the bank was probably on reasonable grounds to start that program, it ran it too long. It probably The program lasted 16 months. It probably ran for about 12 months too long. You can make the case that Reserve Bank should have stopped the program in about the middle of 2020. It finally stopped it at the middle of 2021. And by that time, we had huge increase in wages, 
30% peak increase year on year in house prices in an economy that already has some of the least affordable housing in the world, the Reserve Bank overcooked the economy. So it's a very serious uh, failure, I think. You know, you, it's not quite true to say the Reserve Bank had one job, but really its key job was to know when to stop the printing presses. And it missed, uh, it overshot, and probably by a factor of two or three or four times. That's a very serious failure. In fact, in the article, I call it uh, a, cat- a catastrophe. And that's a major part of why we have inflation of nearly 6%. So the government blames a lot of inflation on supply chain constraints. Uh, but you show in, the, in your article that New Zealand's a bit of an outlier for having a particularly high inflation rate. Are there domestic policies other than the uh, Reserve Bank's quantitative easing that are to blame? Look, it's not unexpected that the government is going to point to international factors as the reason why New Zealand has high inflation. Of course, other countries also have high inflation, but New Zealand's right at the top end of the OECD. The US is higher than us, but the only other countries above us are Mexico, Chile and Eastern European countries, Australia, Europe, UK, all uh, quite substantially lower uh, inflation than what we have. And of course, we were less affected by COVID than most countries. So uh, it's hard to sheet the domestic inflation result to international factors. The government spent an awful lot of money, $60 billion in an economy, or $300 billion of GDP, uh, give or take. It's a big number. And then you've got, on top of that, uh, the Reserve Bank printing more than $50 billion purchasing government bonds. So Every government's going to try and blame bad news on international factors if it can get away with it. We've got three possible drivers of the inflation result, and you have to say that two and a half of them are a product of domestic policy. And in my view, the biggest part of all, especially with respect to house prices, is the Reserve Bank's quantitative easing. Right, so we've got an idea of how we've got to this very high inflation rate. The question now is, what does the Reserve Bank need to do to get inflation back under control? Yeah, and is it willing to do it? So... Getting inflation back under control uh, historically is painful. You've got to have a recession. You've got to raise interest rates. That's the fundamental thing. You've got to cut money supply, raise interest rates. And there's a big role of credibility in all of this. People have to believe that the Reserve Bank is serious about inflation. Uh, Businesses have to be convinced that uh, the Reserve Bank's serious in order to not just keep raising prices year on year indefinitely. So credibility is really important. And the Reserve Bank's starting from really on the back foot here. So let me just walk through how far uh, behind the ball the Reserve Bank is here. When you look back at what it took to bring inflation under control back in the 1990s, you can look at the difference between where interest rates had to be and what inflation was. And through, if you look at the 1990s as a whole, in that decade, we, we went from high inflation to inflation, across the whole decade, inflation averaged 2%. So that was when price stability was achieved. It took interest rates 6% above the inflation rate to achieve that price stability. Today, interest rates, the official cash rate, is is 5% below the current inflation rate. The OCR is less than 1%, and we've got inflation at just a smidge under 6%. So that's an 11% gap between what it took interest rates last, where interest rates had to be last time to get inflation under control and where we are today. So the upshot is that If the Reserve Bank is serious about cutting inflation, there's a potentially large correction in interest rates coming. So if you've got, and of course this time around, we've got house prices far, far higher than what they were 30 years ago. So if you've got a $1 million mortgage, 
which is uh, going to be quite a few people in Auckland, which has average house prices of $1.7 million. If you've got a million-dollar mortgage, every 1% increase in the interest rate is $200 a week out of your pocket. We're potentially looking at more than 5% increase in interest rates, which is necessary to get inflation back under control, potentially. So there's pain coming, and there's a real question about whether the Reserve Bank has the backbone to do it. But you have to say... Adrian Orr couldn't look more dovish uh, on inflation as Reserve Bank Governor right now. He overcooked the economy by running the printing presses far too long uh, until the middle of last year. Since the middle of last year, inflation has gone from 1.5% to 59 4.4% increase in inflation. Adrian Orr and the Reserve Bank have raised uh, the OCR by 0.5%. And just keep talking about climate change, Keep not doing core research. They published one research paper in the last two years, just not focused on core business. So Adrian Orr couldn't look more dovish on inflation. So I think inflation, as a result, he's not going to be willing to raise rates. He hasn't raised rates as much as he should have, in my view, by now. He doesn't look like he's going to. I think inflation's here to stay. Should Adrian Orr be fired? Adrian Orr should do the honourable thing and resign. And there's two reasons for that. The first is that there needs to be accountability for the Reserve Bank's performance on its quantitative easing. It was reasonable to start the printing presses back in March 2020, but the bank made, in my view, a catastrophic error by running the printing presses too long. And the results will be permanent in terms of effects on housing, exclusion from home ownership, wages and prices. There needs to be accountability for that serious mistake by the Reserve Bank in its monetary policy. The second reason is forward-looking. Since Adrian Orr was appointed in 2018, circumstances have changed. Now inflation is on the agenda, and New Zealand needs a reserve bank that is a credible opponent of uh, inflation. Adrian Orr is not credible on price stability. He is the wrong person to be leading the reserve bank in the fight on inflation. There needs to be an inflation hawk running at the top of the reserve bank uh, and in the Monetary Policy Committee. Uh, So Adrian Orr is the wrong person for the job and should be replaced to give us the best chance at uh, regaining price stability for the least disruption and in the shortest time. Matt Burgess, thanks so much for joining us. It sounds as though things are a lot more concerning than we are led to believe at the moment. Uh, Listeners can find your column on the New Zealand Herald. It's titled, Inflation Looks Here to Stay. Thanks again for joining us, Matt. Thank you. Stay up to date with our latest research, opinions and events. Sign up to our weekly insights newsletter at nzinitiative.org.nz.